the Fish Podcast. Once again, I'm Corey Long, of course, joined by the man himself, Charles Fishbine. We're going to continue on with our recruiting wrap-up for this weekend, the last big weekend of the summer recruiting season. Uh, Florida gets another commit. They get a commit out of uh, Ocala Forest High School, a defensive back named Jamarian Burt. Uh, Fish, give me your general thoughts on Burt from what you saw. You know, he's he's another athlete, you know, plays both on the offensive and defensive side of the balls. He's not just duck playing on the defensive side of the ball. You'll see him line up at running back. You'll see him line up in the slot. He moves all over the place. So we've talked about this with recruits, versatility. Uh, Demo likes uh, guys that are versatile. I'm totally into guys that are versatile, mainly because you don't want a guy that, all right, you recruit him as a safety and that's the only position he can play. Because if he gets on campus and can't play that position, he's basically taking up a roster spot. But Jamarian, you watch him and here's a a kid, you see him line up in the slot, you'll see him line out wide, you'll see him line up at running back, he'll play on defense, he's physical, he's got very good top end speed. We talk about that top end speed, being able to stretch the field and take it to that next level, he's able to do it. He's got very good feet, he's got good technique on defense. I see him more as a defensive back um, than an offensive player because you could find offensive players, but when you find a good athlete that could go and play on the defensive side of the ball, and he could shut down his side of the field or help you in coverage. You want those guys. They're 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 your money guys. He plays with a ton of confidence. Um, he comes from an area I think in Ocala that's very underrated. You know, a lot of good players come out of that area, and Florida is able to take a kid um, that comes from an area that uh, is not that far from them. So he'll be very comfortable playing in Gainesville, and I think they got a very good player. Yeah, I agree. I really like his spin on special teams, too. I think he could end up also doing some punt returning for him. But like you said, I love, especially the public school kids out of Ocala. I just think that they're, I think that they, they're, there's a level of toughness there that I think is vastly underrated. If you look, a lot of the kids that have come out of Ocala from like North Marion High School up through, you know, through the Ocala public schools, like, you know, Forest is where he's from. And there's the other big school, uh, the, what's the school that P.J. Williams came from? I can't think of the name. Right he now. came from Vanguard. So, I mean, you, you go look at him. Terrence Brooks came from Danillon. Um, so, and, and you go all the way back to Dante Culpepper. You know, that area has produced players. It's kind of under the radar. Uh, you saw North Marion in the state title uh, game a couple years ago against Cardinal Gibbons. They lost, but they got there. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost like a poor man's version of Polk County. A lot of very good football players. Uh, come from that area. Um, you, I mean, you look at uh, Corey Durden came from uh, Newberry, and and you know, and he he's going to be a starter at NC State this year after he started at Florida State a couple years. So there's a lot of good players that come out of that Gainesville, Ocala area, and this is just another one. Yeah, I mean, North Marion for a while was like a D1 factory. Like he had like a five year period where I think they put up well over a dozen kids. Um, all right, moving on, UCF. Ends up getting two more commits as the Gus bus keeps rolling. Uh, first player is a is, is T.J. Bullard, an athlete out of Tampa, out of Berkeley Prep High School. He is the son of Thaddeus Bullard, uh, who played the defensive line at, for Florida back in the '90s. He was part of one. Of, I think he's part of their championship team in '96. He is known more by his WWF wrestling name, Titus O'Neil, and he's a big deal here in Tampa. He does a lot. He has a tremendous foundation. Uh, 
But I've seen his son play before. I think he's a nice athlete. I think this is a really good get for UCF. We've talked about it. You know, the linebacker position is just such a hard position to evaluate now because these guys don't play a traditional linebacker spot. But you have to like the fact that he comes from a football family. You know, that pedigree is there. He understands football. Uh, Berkeley Prep, I think of one of the schools in Tampa that kids kind of, you know, fly under the radar, but they do well at the next level. You look at Nelson Aguilar came out of there. The Petit kids started at Ohio State. They've got uh, the Hawkins kid that um, is going to Florida. They got Keon kid, uh, the Keon kid for next year, the defensive end. This school produces talent, and the players seem to, once they get out of that school, take their game to the next level and translate. I don't know if that's coaching. You would know more about uh, Berkeley Prep, but a lot of those kids at that school, it doesn't seem like the step up to college. There's that transition that you may see from some of these other programs. So I think TJ will do very well. We've talked about it. UCF's done a very good job of recruiting in-state. They're able to go into Tampa and go against uh, USF and beat them out for a prospect like this. I think it's a, it's a good sign for them that they're getting these type of kids. Yeah, and of course, Tampa Berkeley Prep is coached by the great Dominic Sayow, who was the mentor for many coaches in the Tampa area, including a friend of the program, Robert Weiner, who's now at Tampa. He actually coached under Dominic Sayow when I think he was at when they were at Jesuit High School uh, back in the nineties. Uh, UCF got one more commit. They got an offensive lineman out of t- Texas named Caden Kilter, Kittler, I believe. Uh, big guard. I saw him kind of a big mauling player. Well, they, they have him playing tackle. You, one thing you can tell, he's athletic. This is a zone-blocking type kid more than a straight man block. I, I think you watch him on film. He's basically moving guys out of the way and leaving a zone for his running backs or, or wide receivers to run through. He's a good-looking kid as far as athletic-wise. Um, I think he's probably going to end up at center guard looking at him on film. He's he's a little light in the backside. I don't think he is a big, powerful kid that you could just put out a tackle, and he doesn't have the length. But I think in Gus's scheme of what they want to do uh, in the run game, this kid should be a very good center. Uh, he looks like he once again we talked about this Texas kids are very well coached I mean you just turn on this film I mean you, you don't see Florida kids this developed uh, technique wise we're going to talk about a kid that's going to Florida State while that kid that's going to Florida State is a much more talented kid than this kid this kid technique wise is is maxed out like he's not going to get you can't get much better coached than where this kid's at as far as he doesn't let kids cross his face he you know he bends he stays low he doesn't he doesn't just jump out of his stance he uses his hands well you could tell he's well coached he gets on a a kid and he blocks him and finishes on every play so the upside's not there but this is a guy that could probably be very good in Gus's offense be an all-conference type player probably at center and uh it looks like they got another very good player yeah, that's, that's UCF. They're getting good players. Uh, we're going to go. It was a great weekend for Florida prospects across the board. They were just committing everywhere. Um, a couple of them stood out to me. The first one is uh, Amari Niblack. And this is, a, this, is a, this is a prospect that you and I, Fish, have, known, have really been watching since uh, ninth grade. Uh, he's at Lakewood High School in St. Petersburg, about 20 minutes from where I live. He committed to Alabama. Um... 
I think he's a little underrated because he's always played receiver, and it's just not its not a good fit for him, in my opinion. His body is one that tells me he's going to be a linebacker or a DN. But I think Alabama, you know, if you look at his film, I think all of his film is receiver film. He doesn't have any film from last year that he, that he put up there. But I think Alabama sees a athlete that they can put on the defensive side of the ball that can create some damage. It might take him a couple of years. He's not the typical Alabama going to step in, step into the program and just wreck everything, recruit. But, you know, he reminds me of maybe a kid that they do take a little time to develop that could be a superstar once he gets out on the field. We talked about this, Corey. I hope that Amari is patient. You know, we had a conversation, you and I, off off this podcast. I think he's a linebacker version, and I don't want to say he's going to end up like Dante Fowler, but he's a linebacker version of Dante. Dante, I remember watching him originally at the 7-on-7 sling and shoot. He was playing wide receiver. He was playing... He he didn't have a position. We didn't know what he was going to be. We just knew the talent was there. And Amari's that same type of kid. You go see him, he's physically one of the best-looking players at any camp you go to. I mean, he you want him the first kid off the bus. Now, he may not be to play, but physically, he looks the part. I mean, he is, if you're going to make a model of what a football, a Division One Power 5 football player should look like, it's Amari Niblock. Now, he's got the length, he's got the speed, he's got the athleticism. He now needs to put it all together on the football field. And, and Lakewood High School is a very good school. Uh, you got all you have to do is look at the NFL and uh, from Dante Fowler to Isaiah Wind, the Twins, um, Scantling. I mean, this is a program that has produced NFL players, not just good college players. There's there's high schools that don't have um, this many successful kids in college, let alone the NFL. I, I think Alabama got a very good player, but I'm hoping that this kid, this is one of those kids that can't have his eye on that transfer portal. He needs time to develop. You know, he hasn't done it all yet in high school. He's a guy that's going to go to Alabama, and you probably aren't going to see the best of him until probably year three on campus. His first year, he probably needs a red shirt or just play on special teams, but he's a developmental guy for them. He's not your typical Alabama guy, plug-and-play type player. This is one of those guys that they could develop into a first or second round pick, but he's going to need time. Uh, yeah, and he was just, you know, he was ended up at a school. We saw him in ninth and 10th grade. He was at a school, uh, I think it was called American Collegiate Academy that doesn't exist anymore. And he just never, he got, didn't get any development. But, you know, a big, great athlete. So him just being at Lakewood, excuse me, and being around a more supportive set of coaches and a better competitive environment, I think is going to make him a better player. But, I hope he gets reps on defense this year. I'm not sure what he played last year. I didn't go to any Lakewood games and there was no film of him, but I hope he, you know, I hope he switches the other side of the ball because I think him playing so much receiver has really stunted his development in a lot of ways because he, he wasn't getting developed there and he wasn't getting developed at a spot that he's a better fit for. But I do, I'm like you, I'm really a big fan. Uh, and here's an, and the second player we're talking about, Ja'Cory Thomas out of Orlando Boone that committed to Georgia. He was, um, he had a kind of an interesting recruitment. It seemed like for a second there, he was, you know, he was going to be the bell of the ball, and it seemed like he fell off a little bit. But, you know, if you go to Georgia, you ain't falling off too much. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I think Ja'Cory Thomas is one of those. I, I, I want to give Georgia credit because usually 
you know, they're at the position where they don't have to take just anybody. They're basically just picking and choosing who they want. Ja'Cory is a great athlete. I mean, he's a great athlete. He He's effective on both sides of the football. This is the type of kid that the Miami, the Florida, the Florida States have had a ton of success with. They come in and they end up having not only college careers, but ending up in the NFL. You know, we talked about Terrence Brooks and guys like that. This is one of those kids. I think Georgia kind of took a flyer on someone that maybe isn't as highly rated and all the recruiting experts and all the fans get excited about. But I think Georgia pulled a very good player. He's a top 50 kid in the state, maybe even top 30 in the state of Florida. But he's one of those guys that you, you'll you forget about him, but you'll be watching the draft in three years and you're like, oh man, this kid just won in the second or third round. And you go, why didn't he stay in state? And he's one of those guys, I think Georgia um, took a chance on somebody and I think they're going to benefit from it. Yeah, that's a great point, especially with the roster situation with these guys having an extra year. You want to take a few kids that maybe you can Maybe you can redshirt and stash a little bit and, you know, hope that they give you the three years that they need to really be the players that they could be. Um, this next player, uh, Fisher player, you know real well, uh, Anthony Rose, I believe out of Miami Central, um, headed to South Carolina. And this is, I call this a, it's like a Chris Demarest special right here, this sort of player. It's one of these players that maybe not the highest rated player on one of the best teams in the state, but a tough competitive kid that you know is going to give you quality every that's going to work his butt off for you well i mean anthony's a kid i actually first met him at everglades high school so you know the coach brought him in he's like oh this is one of my top prospects and everglades doesn't produce a lot of kids well of course he didn't stay there long (laughs) and he ended up at hallandale and now he's at central so he's taking a few stops to get to where he needed to go he's he's in what's crazy is hallandale had one hell of a freaking secondary last year i think they lost everybody but they had four power five kids in their secondary and this was one of them he was he's another one of those guys that is a two-way player a very talented athlete and uh you know south carolina these are the type of kids that they got to come down here and get you know they're not going to get the same type of kids that a Georgia or an Auburn or an Alabama are going to get. But where they've had the success is finding those under the radar kids that have the potential. And we talked about this before the potential to play on Sundays once they're developed. And these are the guys, here's a guy that uh, South Carolina took a chance on and they'll probably be rewarded for it in two or three years. We could sit here and go, yeah, you know what? We're, we're going to try to out coach teams, but they're really not. You know, they finally got it right, I think. They hired a young coach that's a recruiter first. And we've talked about this. You you know, coaching's great, and, and I believe coaching's very important. I've gotten this argument with a lot of people. Some people think coaching doesn't matter at all. I give it about a 30 to 35% of it. But you do need talent, and this is one of those guys. South Carolina has to take these guys. He's not a Marcus Lattimore, and he's not a Jadavian Clowney. But they've produced a lot of these guys that have – are similar to this that have ended up on playing on Sundays. And the final player we're going to talk about, player out of near my area, Brandon Cleveland, who uh, is from Carrollwood Day High School in Tampa. He's going to NC State. And I, I love NC State's recruiting class as a whole. I think this is probably <laughs> the best class that Dave Doreen has put in, that, put in there. And the one thing you, we, NC State is a little, always flies under the radar, but 
they develop a lot of good football players. There's always going to be some players from NC State that are going to hover around the first two rounds of the NFL draft year in and year out. And when you start looking at their recruiting, you can see why. But I, I love Cleveland. I think he's a very talented defensive lineman, a big kid, a big body. I think he measures in around 6'2", a little bit over around a 265, 270 range. Fish, I know you've had a chance to see him a few times. What are your thoughts? I mean, originally when he first got on the radar, he was a heavy Florida State lean, and everybody thought he was going to Florida State. Then he committed to Miami, um, and now he's going to NC State. And we talked about this. When when Demo was at NC State, these are the type of guys they recruited, the guys that could uh, play at those schools. I'm shocked that he's not going to go to one of the three Florida schools. The first clip of his highlight clip I like because you know what? He, he doesn't get great penetration, but he doesn't give up on the play. He keeps his hands up, and he intercepts the ball. It shows his athletic ability. And it's hard. I, I, people think, oh, that's not that great of a play. It's difficult for defensive linemen to get their hands up and intercept a ball like that. And then you look, he's constantly in the backfield on on all the plays and, and he's able he he has a quick first step you can play him outside you can uh play him as a defensive end move him inside on uh pass rush downs the versatility of what you could do with him he does need to get a little bigger and stronger you you know playing at the level of competition that he plays at he's not going as, against the biggest guys but here's a guy that nc state can you know put in that weight program at their school get them bigger and stronger and he's a he's a guy that has the potential to play on Sundays eventually down the road he's another one of those guys he's he's your typical Florida kid one of those guys that probably hasn't seen a great weight program at his school he's you know he probably's not eating three four times a day He's a guy that once you get him in a college weight program, he weighs 290, and you have that quickness and that ability to get off the ball like he does. He ends up an all-conference type player at an NC State. Now, we've already talked about Manny, what Manny Diaz did off the field during his Paradise Camp and some of the things that he said and talked about them and maybe dissected them a little bit. But, Fish, you were at the Paradise Camp. Let's talk a little bit about what was happening on the field. Uh, as you told me, Pretty much a lot of the big guns were there. Um, who worked out? Who really impressed you? Any any notes from that camp that you want to share? I mean, you know, you had you had guys like you know Marvin Jones there. Marvin worked out. So did um, uh, the cornerback from American Heritage that everybody's on. Uh, you know, what's it, the the son of the former University of Miami player? Uh, they had a lot of kids there. Uh, they had they had they had one offensive tackle. I think the kid was six nine. He looked like Bryant McKinney. The one thing you could tell about Miami is they're looking to get bigger. Um, just both sides of the ball. The football players they're recruiting do not look like the typical kids that they recruit. The undersized, fast, quick guys. Uh, the offensive linemen. Every guy's over six five, six six. Long, athletic, uh, and and the camp was a good camp. I think what's happened with these elite camps, and, and you could see why Florida State kind of kept theirs under radar, is you have to, everybody needs to be informed. So now everybody and their brother come to these elite camps, and now they're not elite camps anymore. They're just another, they're another camp. And there was so many players out there, and then all of a sudden it started to rain. They had to bring everybody inside, and you're, you're picking and choosing who you want to look at. Um, there was a lot of good players. Uh, I think 
you know, Miami, you know, they've, they've gotten off to kind of a slow start in recruiting this year, but I think they can do that this year because they had, they signed a great class. Their team's getting more loaded with talent and Manny's in a position where he could be picky this year. He doesn't have to just take any type of player. He's going after the big dogs. He's going after Shamar Stewart, who we talked about. He's going after Nigella Kelly. He's going after Marvin Jones Jr. All of the top players that they're going after, uh, everybody in the country wants. So you know that in recruiting, you're going to have to wait longer for those guys. Those are the big-time kids, and if you're going to recruit in the big-time pond, for the you're going after the Marlin and you're not going after the Guppies, you're going to have to wait for those guys. And those guys don't commit early. They usually don't. They take their time. They take their five visits. And that's part of the deal of recruiting those elite players. If you want, you could, Miami could probably fill out their whole class right now, but Manny has the luxury this year um, to go out and get the players. Uh, one of the things that stood out is I saw some of the players they brought in last year. Leonard Taylor was out there. Leonard was 6'5", 275 when he got there a month and a half ago. I spoke to Leonard. He's 310 pounds. So their weight program and their conditioning program, they're doing a very good job of taking these young men and developing them quickly. And Leonard can play next year. I, I knew it when I saw him in high school, but I'm even more convinced of it. James Williams looked great. Um, the camp overall, like I said, they, they had a lot of kids. One of the kids I want to point out, there's a kid out of Miramar, Darius Thomas, that's an under-the-radar kid. I don't, he shouldn't be a two- or three-star kid. This is a high four-star kid. He performed very well at the Miami camp. He's from Miramar. Um, I, what impressed me about him, and I've seen him all year, the kid has that swag, that that confidence when he's out there. He made a he, – he set up – a uh, a quarterback on a on an out route and picked it off and almost took it back for a touchdown. He's a kid I think that's going to blow up on the radar. But overall, it's a good camp. It, it was a pity that it rained. And like I said, there were so many kids there. It went from an elite camp to now you have maybe a hundred really good players and now two hundred other kids. You know, hopefully those kids have something else to do outside of football once they leave. But overall, it's a good camp. Were there, were there any other pro, were there any other schools represented there? This was just the Miami Miami staff. Uh, I, I, there may have been like you know maybe there was like Florida Memorial or some small schools, but I didn't really see any coaches yeah, so there. It wasn't even so. This was really an this was supposed to be an elite camp. This wasn't like a satellite situation. No, no, no. Was this was this was basically their Friday or Saturday night lights or whatever you want to call it. That was what the type of camp it was. All right, and with that, we wrap up the June part portion of camp season, and we wrap up this long day of podcasts. We give you FSU, we give you Dave Clawson, we give you recruiting. What more do you want from us, people? If you can't, you can't get this anywhere else but the Fish Podcast. That's all I'm gonna say. So you better go on Apple, you better go on Spotify, you better go on SoundCloud, subscribe, and give us a five star rating, and follow us on our Twitter account too, because it's at the Fish Podcast. Thank you very much, listeners, for listening. This has been the Fish Podcast. Take care, guys.